working women, how many things are you expected to do on a daily basis? It's impossible to do it all, yet we're asked to each day. Listen to hear how one high-wire woman, Rosanna Berardi, stays on the high-wire while managing a busy law firm, a consulting business, teaching at a law school, parenting her 14-year-old son, and maintaining a happy and healthy marriage. Let Rosanna show you how to make sense of your life and stay on that high wire. Hi, Wire Woman. I'm here today with a really special guest, Rachel Jackson, a good friend and colleague of mine. Rachel's also a lawyer here in Buffalo, New York, but more importantly, the mother of two amazing little boys and the CEO of Rachel's Remedy. So Rachel, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, thank you for that wonderful introduction and just know that I think that you're amazing and I love everything that you do. Um, And thanks for having me on. Let's see, I've been a lawyer for about 20 years. When I had my kids, I um, experienced some issues that many women also have while they're breastfeeding. And so I invented a product for breastfeeding women called Rachel's Remedy Breast Relief Packs. And that is how I started my new company. Well, it's not very new anymore. Rachel's Remedies. And so now we have several products and I'm focusing a lot now on that. So when did you start Rachel's Remedies? I started Rachel's Remedies in 2014. Got FDA clearance in 2015 because it's considered a medical device, a class one medical device. So we needed FDA clearance and Fortunately, I'm a lawyer, so a lot of those things in that process was a little easier for me than it would be for, you know, a lot of people that aren't used to that kind of regulation. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The the funniest thing about this is that I remember specifically speaking to you on the phone when you said we were both commiserating about being lawyers and you're like, I have this idea and I'm going to make this thing and I'm going to make a company. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. (laughs) Um, And then you did it. I was like, oh my God, she did it. And for those of you listening that don't know, it is no joke getting FDA approval. It is hard. It's expensive. It takes forever. Um, So to create a product and then get FDA approval a year later is really heroic and impressive. Um, and the beauty of having a law degree, but I don't think I'd be able to figure that out with my law degree, but anyway, I know you would be able to figure (laughs) it out. It was more, you know what, so much of what I found in this entire process, all the hard things have been more about persistence than they have been about knowledge. I mean, because you can learn anything, you can Google, you can figure it out. You can ask people, you can get advisors, but if you don't have the push and the persistence, and the drive to do it, it's not going to get done. And I, I, I feel like that's 90% of it. So yeah. Yeah, that's really, yeah, for sure. You got to want it, right? You just got to want it more than the next person. Yep. And that's how you get stuff done. Yeah. Good stuff. So tell me about the company now. So you have, I know you have the breastfeeding pad. I know you have some other um, products. Tell me about what you guys have developed in the meantime. We do. We have a product called the down there relief pack, which helps women postpartum with all kinds of issues down there. And, um, but it's also for men because men get hemorrhoids and a lot, a lot of men over 50 get hemorrhoids. I think it's one Mm -hmm. in four or one in three. Um, They won't all admit it, but they do. And it's painful and it's awful. So this is a product that's specially contoured. It's a gel pack. And so that men can use it too. 
And our first prod, um, product, the breast relief packs, we also had patented. And that wow. was a utility patent. And that patent was pretty rigorous. It took us four years to get it. And um, wow. so we got that last year. And so now we have a design patent on the down there relief pack. And we're working on getting a utility patent for a medicated combination pad to go with the down there relief pack and so for some other uses as well. So um, that is, that's what we're working on right now. And then we have a whole product line that we want to start developing as well. As soon as we we're going to raise more funding, do another round, we're going to do a series A round and raise more money and then um, come out with a bang. No more of this bootstrap growth stuff where we're going <laughs> to, we're ramping it up. <laughs> that's awesome. So just tell me what was worse, birthing a child or birthing a product for the, uh, the national marketplace? Birthing a product for the national marketplace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like labor has a beginning and an end, right? Yeah. Like when you're doing something like that, trying to get out there, that's tough. It's so funny it, because I, I make, it's funny that you asked that because I always make comparisons to having children and having this company because I always refer to it as my third child. Yep. And it is, I mean, I have had to give it a lot of love and dedication and not give up on it when things aren't going well. And, um, you know, and there've been a lot of those times. So, and mm-hmm. we still have those times. I mean, there's so many ups and downs and for every day that is a celebration and amazing, you know, like the day we got our patent. And, you know, you just know in the back of your mind, and I don't mean to be so doomsday-ish, but that like, okay, where's the black cloud? I know there's one coming. What is it going to be? Yep. You know, there's always an issue you have to deal with that you're not expecting. So a lot of it has been getting through those, you know, bumps in the road or prayers. How do you keep going? I mean, when you have a bad day, I mean, there's so many times I've wanted to just be like, forget this, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Like what keeps you going? Well, like you, I have those days too. And like you, I haven't, you know, thrown in the towel because you just keep going too. And you're the same way. And, um, you know, sometimes you just have to walk away for a few hours or for a day and get your head back in the mode of, okay, just because this happened or someone said this or, um, you know, something really awful happened and, um, you know, we have to figure out how to get past it. And that's our job. We're not employees. I'm not an employee. I'm running this ship and I can't sit there and and dwell. My brother, who's my law partner, um, he and I always have this thing because I always call him when something bad happens and when something good happens. But when something bad happens, he always says the same thing, you know, like, all right. And we say to each other, you know, you have a couple hours to feel sorry for yourself or, you know, do whatever, have your own little pity party or, you know, put the covers over your head. But then you have to take the covers off, face it and get it done and figure out how to work your way out of it. And so that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, when you're so spent that you need to walk away, um, but then you also know that you need to walk back. So it's a you know, it's like a little leave of absence for a few hours or for a day. Mm -hmm. It can't really be much longer than that because there's stuff to do. Yeah. And I think over time, I don't know about you, but for me, you just get used to it after a while. Like Mm -hmm. something crazy happens and you're like, okay, well, how do we survive 10 other things? Right. So I'll just keep away. And, 
And it's funny because um, my partner here at the firm, Jennifer Bame, she's 15 years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, so when things happen, like she's a lot more like rattled. And she always says to me, how do you, how, why are you so calm? I said, well, I'm 15 years older than you. I've had 15 more years of hell. Right. <laughs> Weird things happen. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I rem- and also I remember um, there, I was talking to um, someone who I respect a lot in the business and he's an investor, not in my company, but someone who I talk to from time to time. And he told me a story about his father, who's a businessman who they were driving on some family trip and he got a phone call and found out that he could, you know, lose like the entire family business and lose a substantial amount of money and their lives would be forever affected. And he just hung up the phone and didn't tell anyone. I mean, maybe it's heart attack inducing. I'm sure it is to (laughs) pretend that everything's fine. I can't do that. And I'm not to that level at all, but I do try not to have it um, so doomsday. You know, I really do try to look at it like, all right. I mean, we've been through a lot and I'm not letting this take us down. So we just have to figure it out. And I'm not going to do that right this second. I'm going to make, you know, spaghetti for the kids and try to be semi-normal and maybe a little short and snappy, but I'll get through it. Right. Right. And I think kids of entrepreneurs have a really good view of what it truly takes to run a business, right? Because yes. like you don't realize it, but they're watching everything or watching how you react, how you talk on the phone, yes. you know, your mood. I mean, it's, it's incredible. It was um, so funny that you say that because the other day they were um, making a book and they were taking pictures from the internet and putting it in. And one of them said to the other one, oh, you can't do that. That's infringement because you didn't, that's not your own, you don't have permission. You need permission to use someone else's work. And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good for an eight-year-old, you know? That's hilarious. <laughs> I know. And then they come in, can we trademark this? Oh no, that's someone else's mark. And we talk about it and they know what a patent is. And can we patent this? No, because someone else already did. So yeah, they definitely learn a lot about business that they wouldn't have normally for sure. Yeah, and I can guarantee that other eight-year-olds are not talking about infringement and patents <laughs> <laughs> when they're at school. Right. So so I have a funny story regarding that as well. My my son was at school for a COVID test and I had to wait outside in the car and it was taking a while. And when he came out, he was like, Mom, I was just interviewed by the media. And I'm like, oh, you were? So he's watched me do countless media interviews from every place we've ever traveled. There's always something that comes up. Um, And I said, how did it go? And he's like, oh, it was good. He said, but I I totally lied because they were asking him, like, do you want school to reopen? And he said, yes. And I'm like, (laughs) I said, well, you learned the first lesson of the media. Always tell them what they want to hear. Later that day, um, it was on the news and I watched the clip and he was cool as a cucumber he gave them the perfect sound bite. And I was like, man, he's really been paying attention all these years. That is because you don't think about it. Like, you know, I have to get ready for my interview. I need to know what to say. I have to look a certain way, but he's watching the whole thing. Right. Oh, and just yeah. absorbing it. So it's taking it all it's in incredible. your change of demeanor, how you respond, you don't interrupt all of that matters. 
Yeah, it was it was really fun for his media debut. I was really, really proud of him. So Aww. anyway, so tell me, like you you've pivoted a bit from practicing law. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that you're not practicing because there's no way you can run a business and not have the law involved, but how is it being different, like running the company from running your firm all those years? There are a lot of differences for sure. Um, and I still am an active lawyer. I just am not, you know, I, I choose my clients more carefully now and I'm not able to just, you know, I don't take anything that comes in the door because, well, number one, I don't want to, but number two, because I can't, I mean, I just don't have the bandwidth and, um, I used to try to do everything and I, it really burned me out. I used to think like, I used to wear my no sleep as a badge of honor on my sleeve. And then, you know, it just, my health went down the tubes and I realized that that was just so stupid. And, um, so I do still practice law, but not nearly as much as I used to. Um, and it's different because in the law, I, I can always, you know, find a legal answer. I know what to do. I can always solve something. I can write a contract. If the parties don't agree on something, either they walk away, but it does not affect me in the end as it does them because it's their business, it's their mm-hmm. life. And so now with me, with the business, it's just so different because I am so personally involved that every decision, every negotiation matters so much because the end result affects me more than it used to when, or more than it does when I have my clients, you know, I'm not the one that's going to be left with whatever partnership decision they make or share whatever it is, whatever the case may be. Um, so that's, a, that's the biggest difference. And I'm learning so much more about actual business. I mean, oh my God, you know, I've been been practicing corporate law for 20 years, but the course you get when you run your own business after even just one year is nothing like it. It's, there's no comparison. Yeah. I still think after all these years of having my firm, like, I can't believe I didn't know that. I mean, there's still so much that I learn. I mean, especially this year with the pandemic and just all the technology I've had to incorporate and like, man, I've learned so much. It's a constant. I mean, that's part of why I love being an entrepreneur because it's always something new. Yeah, It might always be new and stressful, but it's always something new and mm-hmm. like the challenge, but constant, constant learning. If you're not learning, you're not doing something right. I agree totally. And that's one of the things I loved about the law so much and still do that every single client and every single client's issue is different from the one before. And so there's always something new to learn um, or to show someone or to work with. So I love that constant changing thing. You know, if I did the same thing every day, I would um, not be a happy woman. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So same here. I need that constant change. So Rachel, you're a mom of two young boys, a lawyer, an entrepreneur, Man, if anyone does it all, it's you. And I have to tell my listeners, I've learned some of my best tips and how-tos from Rachel because Rachel like has her PhD in outsourcing work. <laughs> um, how do you do it? Like, how do you turn off? It's hard to turn off like parenthood and motherhood when you're running a business, but like when you really have to, what do you do? Like, what's your go-to? Well, this year has been especially difficult for exactly that. And I have found that sometimes I can't. 
Um, and I used to, you know, that the whole idea of having it all is such a, it's a concept that I've always thought about and it has always changed so much. What does that mean? Having it all. It used to mean being able to do everything. Now it means getting through as much as you can without dying in the process, without <laughs> raising your kids badly, without scarring them, without, you know, and like being a good role model and being someone you can be proud of instead of someone who just, you know, yells all the time and is always on edge because they're not getting the stuff done they need. I, I found out I will never get the stuff done that I need to get done. There will always be a million things to do. And I mean, I must like that or else I wouldn't be doing it in two different, you know, with my law firm and with my company. So I obviously love it in some sick way, but, (laughs) um, you know, for me having it all when I, when I really need to disengage and, you know, like writing a contract, you need a good solid three to five hours to write a contract. Right. You cannot have interruptions. I can't have the kids coming in every two seconds asking me a question. It sets me back. So I really try and plan doing things like that when I know they're going to be otherwise engaged, when I have coverage, when someone else is watching them. You know, I just try not to set myself up for too much frustration and disaster, knowing what I know and, and knowing my own limitations. So that for me is a huge lesson that has been definitely empowered this year mm-hmm. more than any other. For sure. Yeah. And Rachel and I love all the same shortcuts of life, like Instacart, oh Amazon Prime subscriptions, um, people picking up your dry cleaning. Anything you None of that. Need- farm it right? out. That's my motto. Farm it out. <laughs> and I... <laughs> well, it's, it's so funny because we wear these badges of honor, like you were saying, like, you know, oh, I, I worked 80 hours this week. Like, I, I told my husband yesterday, I want to be the person that says, I've worked five hours this week, (laughs) traveled the rest of the time. Like that's my badge of honor. I am not here to compete like, oh, I need to work 20 hours a day. Cause to me, that's failure. And it's the same thing, this badge of honor where women are like, oh my God, I can't use Instacart because I have to pick out my own produce. And, and when I challenge people to that, I say, do you really care about your tomatoes that much? Does it matter that much? Does it matter that much that you're willing to give up two hours on a weekend? Like two hours, you could be getting your nails done or a massage or doing nothing or something you enjoy. Does picking a tomato mean that much to you? (laughs) And usually I can flip people when I say that because they're like, oh. And part of someone just said to me on, um, I did a webinar and afterwards she reached out to me and she said, you gave me permission to use Instacart. Oh, that's really nice. Because. Yeah. She's like, I always felt badly about it because, you know, there's this, there's a annual fee and then some of the food is marked up. She's like, but you gave me permission to do it because I don't care about my produce. You know, I just want some time back. And that's exactly it. I mean, the time for me is everything. It matters. um, You know, health is number one, of course. And I know for you too. Um, But time management is crucial for me to even be able to exist. So, you know, like the day before Halloween, the kids were saying, oh, I want to be this. You know, of course I wasn't ready for Halloween. So I went to Instacart and Spirit Halloween was on there. I was like, oh, thank God. 
I have not been in a store since February. I went to the co-op once. That's the only time I've been in a grocery store since February. And I had to go to the fish store once because our dog passed away and I had to get the kids fish. So they were, you know, less upset and had a diversion. (laughs) That's the only time. And I didn't even know about the six foot rule in line. And I like Uh, cut everybody because I thought they were shopping in an aisle and they were just lined up and I got yelled at like, oh, this is awful. I I wish if I could have ordered the fish, I would have. Oh my God. That is hilarious. But I farm it out. Like if you don't like doing laundry, have someone do your laundry for you. It sounds crazy to some people, but you know what? If you're going to pay, if you can do it do it, go without something. If you're in a position to do it and you're fortunate enough to do that, you know, and it's so hard for those who are not in that position and they're, you know, most people aren't. And, um, you know, that makes it 10 times harder, but for me, I would rather go without food. Like one less meal a day, have someone do my laundry. I am not even exaggerating. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a huge time suck. And, you know, people always say, well, why should I pay someone to do stuff I can do? And, you know, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it, right? Like there's lots of things you could do, but you shouldn't. So, but we, you know, I'm, I'm all about like for 2021, it's like challenging people's badges of honor, you know, this busy badge when you meet somebody, oh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. It's like, no, you're not, you're not that busy. You're just saying that because you can't face all of the real things in your life that you should be doing, right? That's, like That's a huge thing too. Absolutely. Like, and oh, you know, so another like a marriage tip that I have found, not that I'm a marriage, you know, tip guru, but I will say, I know a lot of um, men and women who get really frustrated when their spouse won't, you know, do something they say they're going to do, or I'll do it later. And they don't know how to do it themselves. I just, if that happens to me, I get on the phone and I call a handyman and say, can you come over and put this shelf together for me? Because I don't want to get in a fight about really? it. I don't have time to get in a fight about it. It gives me no joy to fight about it. Just get it done. Yeah. You know, right. if you can't do it yourself or you don't want to do it yourself, hire somebody. Yes. Hanging curtain rods has caused oh. almost uh, several divorces in my marriage. <laughs> Yeah. So now I just time up. Rosanna. <laughs> next time he gets those done, hire somebody. You know when he's not home and and we're happily married fifteen years later. So, <laughs> yeah. well, Rachel, thank you so much for sharing with us. This is not easy. What you do, you make it look easy, but I know the behind the scenes. We're really thrilled that you can be here and help other high wire women stay on that high wire. So, thanks everyone for tuning in, and we will catch you the next time.